Hi, welcome to Teach Me Biology, our revision podcast for A-level biology students. I'm Ria Corbett. And I'm Sarah Matthews. Hi, I'm Ria Corbett. I'm a science teacher with biology specialism. And on Teach Me Biology, I am teaching my co-host, producer and little sister, Sarah Matthews biology a-level topic by topic to hopefully provide you our lovely listeners with an audio revision resource yes sorry the um thing went to my head <laughs> the producerness of you <laughs> <laughs> yes we hope that you incorporate us into your revision and as a part of your learning journey dip in and out listen to the episodes on your weaker topics or use us as your audio biology bible whatever you need us for we are always here we are Episode 46, Chromosome Mutations. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we have done an episode previously on gene mutations. So changes of single bases in the DNA strand that could or may not, but could change the amino acid that would then appear in the protein strand and could affect the formation of a protein. listen to this one. Okay, it's okay, don't worry. They're gene mutations, okay? So they're changes in single genes in the DNA. Chromosome mutations are completely different. They are actually mutations in the number of chromosomes, mainly caused by what we call chromosome non-disjunction that happens during meiosis. I've kept this particular section till after we've done meiosis because it makes more sense now to everybody or to you or whatever. They're mutations that actually affect large regions of DNA, so whole chromosomes can be affected, not just single bases. So that's why we're going to do them now. So we have got a picture, and we'll probably just go straight to the picture in terms of for our discussion to talk about what what we call non-disjunction, which is one of the ways that these mutations can occur. Again, similar to last week, we talked about independent segregation and crossing over happening during metaphase one. They'll line up perfectly normally. They'll be fine. They'll be homologous pairs together, lined up along the equator. What should happen is then anaphase comes in, spindle fibres come in and separate the homologous pairs. If, for whatever reason, the homologous pairs are not separated from each other, both of the chromosomes in the pair will go into the same cell. So that is non-disjunction. This could happen to just one set of pairs, so one pair which it does for, and I'm going to, we're going to talk about some examples of specific chromosome pairs where if it happens, it leads to a particular syndrome. Down syndrome. Like Down syndrome. Or it could be total non-disjunction, where none of the chromosomes are separated at all, and they all go into one cell, and then nothing goes into the other cell. That can't lead to a person. No, well, I'll again talk about that now. Okay. That is what non-disjunction is. And it's it's obviously probably more common for it just to happen to one pair. So if you think about 23 pairs of chromosomes in a human cell all lined up, all of them are going to separate. One of the pair will go into one cell, the other one will go into the, the other cell. And then it just happens to be that one of the pairs just don't separate and they both go into one cell in this first division. Mm-hmm. So that is non-disjunction. What you're going to end up with then is a gamete that either has... One extra both chromosome. of the chromosomes, yeah, both of the chromosomes, and then a gamete without one. Without one, so you're missing chromosome. There'll be another gamete that'll have both of the chromosomes in. That gamete is then going to 
fuse with the opposite gamete. So if it's an egg that's made in the meiosis, when the sperm comes along to fuse with it, that's also going to contain a copy of that chromosome. So it's likely then that when that organism grows, it's going to have three copies of that chromosome and only two of the others. Does that one from mum, one from dad? Okay, so two from one of the parents, one from the other, because they didn't separate in the first meiosis. Mm -hmm. So because then that fertilised egg cell contains three copies of that chromosome, mitosis is going to start to happen. So that egg cell becomes two, that becomes four, eight, you know, millions. Every single cell in the whole of the body of that organism, person, plant, worm, Mm -hmm. is going to have three copies of that chromosome. That can happen more commonly than you think. Down syndrome, for instance, is an example of a syndrome that can result from chromosome 21 not separating. So both of the homologous pairs. Specifically 21? Specifically just chromosome 21. All the other chromosomes, one, two, three, four, they all separate as normal. Chromosome 21 pair doesn't separate. Both of the chromosomes in the pair go into one cell. The resulting person has every cell in their body that has a nucleus, has one extra copy of chromosome 21 that it shouldn't have. And I think we start with Down syndrome because it's actually probably one that's probably in everybody's psyche. Everybody knows. Well, it was the first Everybody's met somebody with Down syndrome. It's quite a common syndrome. It's not rare. There, There are lots of people in the world with Down syndrome. I'm not really going to go into the signs or the, dare I say, symptoms of Down syndrome because I think people are quite familiar with mm-hmm. what can happen if you have that extra chromosome 21. That is caused by a chromosome mutation, a chromosomal mutation syndrome. This is less common. Turner's syndrome. This is a female only because the female only has one complete X chromosome. So this is the other version of chromosome mutation instead of having an extra chromosome you have one less you have one less so you only have chromosome from one parent you don't have anything from the other so there weren't any sex chromosomes in the one from the other parent okay okay turner's syndrome is basically the term given to somebody that only has one complete x chromosome and nothing else no y chromosome no nothing so remember, these are sex chromosomes. So if you are a female, genetic female, then you have two X chromosomes. If you are a genetic male, then you have an X and a Y chromosome. So they are your homologous pairs. In order for somebody to only have one X chromosome, that must have come from the mother. Down syndrome it becomes increasingly more common with women who, as they get older, Older mothers, sort of 35 or above, they tend to have a higher tendency of having children with Down syndrome and so on. Whereas this is not, this is a completely random thing that happens. It's not something that happens, increases with age or anything like that. It can tend to be actually the father that the chromosome isn't present in the sperm and the X chromosome has come from the mum. There's also examples of maybe they do have the second chromosome, but it's got missing parts or it's incomplete. You're still termed with Turner syndrome because of that. People with Turner syndrome tend to be women because obviously they've got the X chromosome, which gives you the femaleness, that they don't have anything from the father to present anything maleness mm-hmm. or anything like that. So they tend to appear as female. But because you're missing one of your sex chromosomes, you're then probably, as you could imagine, it's, it's linked to your development as that gender. So people who have Turner syndrome tend to have reproductive organs that are quite rudimentary. So they won't have any particularly working ovaries. 
those that do have ovaries, they might work and then become quite fibrous. So they just become just like skin. They're not organs in the sense that they are producing what they should be or doing what they should be, releasing mm-hmm. hormones like they should be, that sort of thing. They tend to be quite short, so they don't grow particularly tall, quite swollen hands and feet. Infertile, obviously. If they don't have working ovaries, then they can't produce children. There have been examples where people with Turner syndrome have had children, but they tend to be the ones that have missing parts to their X chromosomes rather than completely missing X chromosomes. Sometimes puberty just doesn't start at all. So a lot of people with Turner syndrome have to have oestrogen-assisted therapy, oestrogen tablets that will kickstart their puberty and that sort of thing. There are lots of other issues that they can have, lots of organ issues, but can still live a fairly long life with the help of hormones, live a normal life. Just like the Down syndrome people may need some assistance in their living, but they can still live a long and happy life in their little way. And then we have a couple that are much more severe. So there's Edward syndrome and there's Patau syndrome. These are two that if you become pregnant you can agree to be tested for these genetic chromosomal mutations and in a case where it maybe it shows you've got a, quite a high risk there is the option to terminate the pregnancy because it's known that any child with these conditions probably won't live past a couple of days of being alive mm-hmm. after they're born if they live or and are born alive at all in the first place so these are much more severe than the ones we've just discussed Edwards syndrome is having an extra chromosome 18 and Patel syndrome is having an extra chromosome 13. For Edwards syndrome, 95% of the pregnancies don't go to full term. They miscarry partway through. And if the child was to be born, there's a perhaps 1% chance that the child could live till maybe about 10 years old with a very difficult life. So possibly having a heart defect, maybe kidney malfunction, maybe quite severe intellectual disabilities, growth issues, breathing difficulties, lots and lots of quite severe health problems. With Patau syndrome, another one, very severe organ defects, perhaps even spinal defects, facial deformities. There is evidence that you can live to maybe in your 30s with Patau's if you didn't have such severe symptoms. Eye defects, again, intellectual disabilities, but particularly, you know, multiple and complex organ problems. And you just think it's just one more chromosome and your body can't develop normally. Yeah. Uh, whatever normal is. There are also, just to sort of talk about it, you can have one X chromosome and you would be Turner syndrome, you would have Turner syndrome. If you were male, so genetically male, XY, but also had an extra X chromosome, you would have a syndrome called Klinefelter's. So you'd be genetically male because you had a Y chromosome, but you would appear more female because you have an extra X chromosome. But I don't think it's massively severe in terms of the problems that you would have in your life. You'd live, okay. you could still live a long, happy life. Mm-hmm. You could be XYY. So if you think about it, men are XY anyway. If they were to have an extra Y chromosome from their dad they actually would appear normal and have normal fertility and not have any issue. So that's one example where having an extra chromosome actually doesn't affect you. And you could also be XXX, so you could be a female with an X chromosome from your dad, two X chromosomes from your mum, both of her X chromosomes basically, and you might have some mild physical symptoms, but that's about it. So it's worth looking up. 
if you're interested mm -hmm. in that sort of thing, but I'm not going to go into detail about it now. The other type of chromosomal mutation is if you have total non-disjunction. So you end up with, say, three copies of every chromosome in your cells. We call that polyploidy. So you know, like, you could be haploid one set, diploid two sets. Polyploid just means lots of. It, mainly plants, some animals, can be triploid, maybe even tetraploid. So they end up with four sets. And it's where one gamete contains all of the homologous pairs and then obviously the other contains nothing. So that wouldn't exist as a gamete. It's an empty nucleus in it. So if that was to be fertilised or to try and fertilise, it would not result in a baby at all of any kind. There's nothing there. There's nothing for the other uh, mm -hmm. chromosomes to pair with. So it just wouldn't form an yeah. embryo. It would just die as a fertilised cell. It would just die. But the one that contains the two sets is going to be fertilised. So it will then contain three sets. Four sets would be two sets yeah. from each, you know, that sort of thing. So triploid, tetraploid. It's quite common in non-vertebrae, so it's not like it, it's not common. It is common in plants, some animals. It's normal. So fish, amphibians. Some amphibians can have up to 12 sets of chromosomes in one cell. I mean, that's just mad. Lizards, different plants. So examples of triploid plants. So some species of apples, bananas can be triploid. There are different species of potatoes, peanuts, leeks, wheat and cotton can be tetraploid. Hexaploid, you could have like different flowers. So chrysanthemums, bread wheat and kiwi fruit. They are hexaploid. Octoploid, strawberries, dahlias, sugar and that's cane. normal for them. It's normal. It's very, very rare in humans. When I looked it up, it, it's quite common for it to happen in tissues. So it wouldn't be your whole body. It would be like, say, highly differentiated tissues or tissues that undergo quite a lot of mitosis. So it might be like liver, heart, placenta, bone marrow. They undergo high levels of mitosis, don't they? All the time making cells. Right. Sometimes when the mitosis takes place, it just ends up with all of the chromosomes instead of other so you'll have a sub-empty cell some with all of the chromosomes in mm -hmm. so it's quite common in areas like that but it's just a cell maybe two you know it's not your whole body right. it's something that your body is doing on a daily basis there was one reported triploidy syndrome human being one reported case of it in the whole wide world the child lived till they were seven months old they died of a very simple infection, so it suggested that perhaps they had no or very weak immune system, so that might have been a symptom of being triploid, perhaps, we don't know. They failed to exhibit normal mental or physical neonatal development, so obviously didn't hit any growth milestones, any mental milestones, and died at seven months. They were total triploid. It is possible for survival if you are a mix of triploid and diploid. So if you have the presence of triploid cells in your body, it isn't going to stop you from being alive. But if you come from a triploid egg cell fertilised, it's right. just not going to happen. That was a, like the one case where a live birth happened and constant, yeah. constant medical supervision needed. And then they died at seven months. It's a sad episode, but it's a fascinating episode when mm. you think about just one extra chromosome in your cells or... Or the fact that somebody could be even born alive with three sets of chromosomes in their cells. Shall we look at some questions then? Yeah. Okay. So questions on this are quite rare. There's only one question that I found that directly asked about a particular chromosome mutation. And it's the one that we're going to look at now. 
So there is a picture and it's showing a carrier type of somebody with Patau syndrome. And there's a little bit of information to go with it. Sarah, do you want to just read that? Yeah. Patau syndrome is a condition caused by a mutation affecting chromosome number. All the cells of the body will have this mutation. Figure one shows the chromosomes from one of the cells of a female who has Patau syndrome. Stay with us. We'll be right back. A Little Bit de Todo is a podcast about a little bit of everything for curious minds of all ages. I'm Christina, and you can tune in every weekday to learn about things like Cinco de Mayo, Chihuahuas, and volcanoes in Latin America. Episodes are bite-sized, 10 minutes long or less, and always Latin American related. Subscribe and follow A Little Bit de Todo podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. So this is a karyotype, and it basically is all of the chromosome pairs next to each other. They should be similar in length, and you can see that they are. It's definitely a female because it's got two X chromosomes, no Y chromosome. The first question is, what is the effect of Patau syndrome on the chromosomes of this female? One mark. So look at the diagram. Go through each chromosome pair. What do you see that's unusual? That These are all bent. Yeah, that's normal. <laughs> no, that's normal. I don't but know. But there's two, there's the two present. So go one, two, three, four. So what has happened here that's caused this? I don't understand the question. Syndrome. So what is the effect of Patau syndrome on the chromosomes of this female? So looking at it, you commented that some of them are bent over. That's normal. That's fine. Look at chromosome 13. There's three. There's three. <gasps> oh, I didn't see that. Okay. <laughs> so Patau syndrome... One extra oh, copy. Okay. One extra copy. Of I could have stared at that all day and not seen anything. Yeah. I'd have skipped over the question. Just because <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, I think commenting on the the way they're laid out and things like that—that's normal. You wouldn't know that that was normal. You'd think there was something wrong with those chromosomes. So the answer is three of chromosome thirteen or an okay. extra chromosome thirteen. All right. Okay. So question two: Describe how the change in chromosome number in Patau syndrome was produced. So how did we get three copies? Of this, and this is two marks. One of the mom or dad cells, when they separated, two of them stayed together. Yeah. So, what do we call them? The pairs. Homologous. Homologous. So the homologous chromosomes didn't separate during what process? Meiosis. Meiosis. Good. So that's two marks. So in meiosis, one mark. The homologous chromosomes or sister chromatids did not separate. So that's two marks. Question three, two marks. Explain why all the cells in the body will have this mutation. Because it's come from meiosis. What is the result of meiosis? Sex cells. Sex cells. So the mutation or the extra chromosome is going to be in the sex cells. That the baby is. That the baby comes from. So if the gamete with the extra chromosome in is fertilised, that forms one cell. That then divides divides by mitosis. mitosis. Yeah, so that's the second mark. Yeah, so mutation or the extra chromosome is present in the gamete or the egg or the sperm. One mark. So then the second mark, all cells derived by mitosis, or one mark for all cells derived from a single cell, and mitosis produces genetically identical cells or a clone. So it's basically just describing mitosis. Mm-hmm. So that is the only question where you're directly being asked about chromosomal mutation that I've seen in the entire backlog of questions for A-level. There was one other question, and it showed you non-disjunction in a series of cells, like the, the process happening, and then it said, right, this is non-disjunction, blah, blah, blah. Now draw what it should have looked like normally. So that wasn't actually asking anything about the non-disjunction. Yeah. 
it was just asking you to draw a, a normal, normal outcome of meiosis based okay. on what you started with in the first diagram. So that was and that was the only other one. And I thought, well, I can't be drawing pictures during a podcast. No. <laughs> <laughs> so shall I do the roundup? Non-disjunction occurs when homologous chromosomes do not separate during meiosis. This occurs spontaneously. The gametes may end up with one extra copy of a particular chromosome or no copies of a particular chromosome. These gametes could fuse during fertilisation with a gamete with a normal complement of chromosomes, so the resulting zygote will have more or fewer chromosomes than normal in all her body cells. Examples of non-disjunction in humans include Down syndrome, Turner's 18 and Patel's 13. A condition called polyploidy is also a chromosome mutation, which occurs when organisms have three or more whole sets of chromosomes. Okay, got any takeaways? You can have some syndromes when you have less chromosomes or more chromosomes. Yeah, good. Um, any examples? Edwards, Turner's, Down syndrome, Patel's. Yeah, just sort of highlighting this happens because the homologous chromosomes don't separate. Yeah, this happens because sometimes the homologous cell uh, chromosomes don't separate the way they should and sometimes they stay together in a pair and they go off together. Good. So that should now be the end of the meiosis-based episodes. Okay. Really. Move on to something different next week. Yeah. So the wider reading is a blog called Genetics for Humans. It is a genetics research that has been explained in a more simple way just for everyday, ordinary people like us to read and understand it. And it's fascinating stuff. And there are a good few articles on that blog that will have some context for your education in terms of your A-level biology. So have a look at some of them. It's good. It's good context. So that's Genetics for Humans. If you search on Google, just Google Genetics for Humans or Jack Marsden, you should find the blog. Okay. If you'd like to contact us, you can go to teachmescience.co.uk. You can drop us an email at teachmebiologycast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at, at teachmebiocast, or you can find us on Instagram at, at teachmebiologycast. Do you want to explain? Because I just did an awful job last week of explaining what sorts of contact yes. we were requiring. So, um, <laughs> you can let us know where you are, what you're doing, why you're listening want to share with us some of your revision that you've done, if you've made any cool posters or anything like that. If you found a new way of revising, imagine if someone found a new way of revising and we shared it oh, and it became so exciting. the Matthews Corbett revision technique <laughs> that we stole from someone. <laughs> if that's a thing, let us know. And tell your friends about us. If you're listening to us and you've got a class full of other A-level biologists around you, tell them about us if you're a teacher that you found us as a possible resource for your students tell your students if you think we've helped you or you think we could help people just let them know that we're there and where to find us and hopefully we might help some more people was that the bell yeah that was about yeah. okay cool i've got to tell you about this dream that i had last night here we go i can't remember where we were but you were there wherever we were you were there we were in a room and it was all normal i mean we're just chatting and then just me and you or other people those are the people there and um, we were just chatting and i stood up and it was normal height and then the next minute when i stood up again i was really big and so tall that the ceiling i had to bend down the ceiling was at my shoulders i had, had like a growth spurt in five seconds 
What a weird dream. It was a really weird dream. And then you were like, God, you're tall today. Like, it was completely <laughs> normal. <laughs> but my clothes still fit in, I think. Can't be in the room anymore. <laughs> You'd be able to phone anyone right to Alton means. Towers. If anyone has any idea what that might mean, can you let me know? What? That's not fair. Like you'd go around in a loop and then you'd like hit something. hit the loop or yeah. hit something out. Yeah, I'd risk it. <laughs> <laughs> the things, the shoulder things would be able to go over you and you'd fall out. I'd risk it. I'd hold on. Yeah, so that was my story for today. My name is Sarah Matthews. And I'm Rhea Corbett. This has been Teach Me Biology and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. Bye.